0: Hello, hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters children. This week's story, Pearson and Penelope Learn to Work, is a story about family life and how when everyone works together and cooperates with each other, it makes for a smoother and a more peaceful household. As we do every week, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title in the story. If you hear it and recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's song was God Be Merciful to Me from the story Penelope Loses Patience. But we didn't have a winner. Now, let's get started on the story. Pearson and Penelope learn to work. On a Saturday morning early in June, Daddy Peter sneaked into Penelope's bedroom and gently nudged her awake. Wake up, Nellie. I need your help in the yard today, baby girl. I know I'm waking you up earlier than usual, but I need you and Pierce to help out today. Penelope rubbed her eyes and moaned. Daddy Peters! My little Miss Molly clock says it's only 6.30 in the morning. That's so early. I'm so tired. Daddy Peters chided her. Now, come on. Let's not be so grumpy. We have a lot of work to do today. Penelope stretched and yawned slowly rose from her bed. As Daddy Peters left the room to go and awaken Pearson, Penelope changed into a pair of tie-dye shorts with a turquoise t-shirt. She pulled on her purple tennis shoes and groggily walked out of the room. In the meantime, Daddy Peters walked into Pearson's room where Pearson was loudly snoring under his military blanket. Daddy Peters walked to the head of Pearson's bed and yanked the blanket off Pearson's head only to discover that it wasn't his head at the head of the bed. It was his feet. Daddy Peters began tickling Pearson's feet and laughing. Come on, Pears, wake up, dude. Pearson, kicking his feet to avoid Daddy Peters' tickling fingers, groaned. "Ah, oh, Daddy Peters, what are you waking me up for? It's so early. Because we have lots of chores to do today, bucko. So get up. Pearson crawled out of bed and grabbed his camouflage cargo pants with his baseball jersey to match. Tying his sneakers, he stumbled out of his bedroom. Penelope reached downstairs first and was followed by Pearson. They could hear the sounds of Mama Peters in the kitchen cooking breakfast. They heard the sounds of their baby sisters, Patience and Priscilla, banging some pots and pans. Mama Peters, it's too early to be up. It's Saturday. Mama Peters hugged Penelope. Oh, honey, it's just that we have a lot of chores to do today. And Daddy Peters wants to get an early start. You have all summer to sleep in. Well, that doesn't help me feel rested now, Mama Peters, Penelope said. Pearson, sitting at the table with his face in his hands, agreed with Penelope. Pen's right, Mama Peters. How can I be expected to grow my massive muscles if I can't even get in the sleep I need? Daddy Peters patted Pearson on the head. Hey, don't worry about that, buddy. The best way to grow those muscles is to do hard manual labor. Pearson sighed. (sighs) I'd rather do manly weightlifting, Daddy. Mama Peters handed each child a breakfast burrito filled with eggs, bacon, sausage, potatoes, cheese, and salsa. Pearson and Penelope took the burritos and sat down, just staring at them. Mama Peters gave Daddy a burrito, and he responded with a sweet, and enthusiastic, and emphatic, Thank you so much, Mama Peters. He said it just like that so that his children would get the hint that their lack of gratitude was not becoming. Mama Peters affectionately replied, You're welcome, darling. I appreciate your gratitude. It's a joy to serve grateful people. But Pearson and Penelope were way too angry about getting up so early to even recognize that their parents' remarks were aimed directly at them. Mama Peters was rather disappointed with Pearson and Penelope. Children, you need to say thank you any time you're handed something. You guys have been taught better, and you know better. It's rude when somebody has just served you, and you refuse to say thank you, Pearson and Penelope mumbled a barely audible thanking Mamma. Mamma Pearson gave a quick glance to Daddy Peters as if to say, "Your spoiled children are going to need some discipline." Daddy Peters nodded in agreement. All right, everyone, let's pray and eat so we can get to work. Lord God, we are so thankful for your kindness in allowing us to have a family a house, and the strength to do work on our house and property. We're thankful that you've given us able bodies and minds and one another to boost our morale when we're feeling down. We pray for forgiveness of our unconfessed sins and ask you for the grace to show us more of our sin and cause us to repent and to be quick to forgive one another. We give you thanks, Lord, for this delectable breakfast that Mama Peters has made for us. May it energize us for our tasks. As soon as Amen was out of Daddy Peter's mouth, Penelope and Pearson dived into their breakfasts. The twins sat in their boosters munching on strawberry slices and granola with yogurt puffs. They were cheerfully babbling with one another, and their gurgling noises were growing louder. Mama Peters lovingly smiled at them. You little ladies are so full of joy, aren't you? Penelope looked at the girls and hearing Mama's comment she began to feel the slightest pangs of guilt in her heart. She knew why. It was because her heart was filled with complaint and a feeling of ingratitude. She was angry that Daddy Peters had awakened them early. She didn't want to work today. She wanted to be sleeping. She knew she should feel remorseful about her sin. But she just flat out wasn't. She had been in the middle of the best sound sleep. And it was so unfair that Daddy Peters had awakened her she looked over at her brother pearson he was obviously feeling the same way she was if the look on his face was any indication he looked pouty and sour and angry and she felt pouty and sour and angry inside and she was sure her face reflected that feeling as she studied pearson's face she thought about a verse she had learned in awana proverbs fifteen thirteen and how part of it said a joyful heart makes a cheerful face. And she knew neither one of them looked cheerful. But honestly, she just didn't care at the moment. Daddy Peters' voice broke her concentration, and what he said made her all the more grumpy. righty, so here's the plan. We're going to pull all the weeds in the front and back planters. The spring flowers have died. That means that we need to cut back all the brown perennial stems being careful to leave the bulbs in the ground. We'll load all of our recyclables that we've been collecting into the car, and we'll go and redeem them. After we get home, we'll clean out the garden shed and help Mama harvest the garden veggies. I also want to make sure we pick the apricots and get those ready for canning. Mama Peters has the big bag of giveaways, so we need to run those close to the church for their donation pile. And we need to clean all of the windows inside and outside. I think that's enough to tackle for today. If we have time afterward, we can go on a bike ride and take the money we earn from the recyclables and buy some dinner. Daddy Peters! Weeds? Yuck! Penelope obviously was unhappy. And cleaning all the windows is hard, Pearson added. Well, you know what I always say. There's no time like the present, so let's snap too. Daddy Peters led the way outside, with Pearson and Penelope begrudgingly dragging behind. He directed them to begin pulling weeds in the front planter. The children squatted down and began to pull the weeds. Penelope ran her hand down to the bottom of each sprig to be sure to get the whole thing by the roots. As she pulled, Daddy Peters spoke. You know, when I was a kid, I had a paper route. I was only eight years old when I began the paper route with Thomas, who was only two years older than me. Every morning, the papers were supposed to be delivered by 6.30, or we might get complaints. We had a 120 houses on our paper route. Wait, What's a paper route? Pearson interrupted. He looked up from his weed-pulling with curiosity. A paper route is when you deliver papers around to neighborhoods and you throw them on porches or on driveways of people who subscribe to the newspaper. They pay a monthly fee for them. At the end of every month, we would go to all of the houses and collect the money. You would keep it all? Pearson was aghast. I wish, Daddy Peters exclaimed. But no, With some of our money, we had to pay for the supplies, like the newspapers and rubber bands. But we got to keep part of it, too. The collecting was my favorite part of the paper route. And if we did a good job, people would often tip us. Anyway, every morning we would get up and there would be this humongous stack of newspapers tied in a bundle on our porch by about 4.30. Our job was to get up about 5 a.m., Fold and rubber band the newspapers and load them into our newspaper bags, which were big sacks that we wore over our heads and loaded with newspapers. And when it rained, we had to rubber band the newspapers and then put them in these plastic bags to keep it dry. It was a lot more work when it rained. Anyway, off we would go, and we would go as fast as we could throwing papers under the porches. We would do our best to land them perfectly on each porch without a noise. Sometimes, if we hit the door, Or we were late, we would get a complaint. The customer would call the complaint line and say, Daddy Peters didn't deliver the paper on time, or Daddy Peters hit the door when we delivered the paper, or Daddy Peters delivered a wet newspaper. Anyway, if you received a complaint, you could get your pay docked. Docked? What does that mean? Pearson was quite inquisitive. He had never heard of such a thing as a paper route. Well, that just means that you would lose part of your money, because the people who ran the newspaper would have to go out and re-deliver a paper to someone who complained. We got kind of wise to that and gave our number to the customers so that they could call us if they had a complaint. That way, we could just take care of it ourselves. It was our goal to never get a complaint. A lot of times it was cold out in the morning that early. Trust me when I say, it wasn't fun to get up so early. You would go from being comfy and cozy and nicely tucked in your warm bed to shivering Ugh, on the porches you prepared your newspapers. Then when you finished your route, you would go home and not really get back into bed because it was so light outside by that time. And you should have seen our hands. They were all black from the newsprint, which would rub off on our hands as we handled the newspapers. What's newsprint? This time it was Penelope asking the question. She and Pearson had finished the weeds in the front planter, and they had all walked to the backyard to pull those weeds. All along they had been listening to Daddy Peters tell the story about the newspaper route. I'm so glad you asked that, Newsprint is just the black ink that was used to print the words onto the pages. On most mornings, when our mom woke us up to send us on our paper route, my heart would start to fill with griping and grumbling. I just wanted to sleep some more. But my mom would encourage us to work hard. In fact, she used to say the same verse to us that Mama Peter says to you guys all the time. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you will receive an inheritance as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyway, she used to remind us of that all the time. But you know, my brother Thomas, your uncle, he never complained. He would immediately pop right out of bed. I knew that because he was on the top bunk and it always shook my bed on the bottom bunk from him bounding out of his bed. Mom would come in and she'd also say, rise and shine and give God the glory every single morning. Of course, on Saturdays and Sundays, the delivery times were later, so we didn't have to have him on the porches until 8 a.m., but we still had to get up early because of church on Sunday. Saturday, though, we would usually sleep until about 6.45. Pearson and Penelope could not believe all they were hearing. Anyway, Thomas would jump right out of bed and would shake me awake. He was never mean about it. And you know, if I was going to grumble or gripe, Thomas would have been the last guy I would have grumbled to. Because you know how Uncle Thomas is missing his left hand? Well, he never let that stop him. He worked hard at everything. Because of his missing left hand, he had to work harder at everything. What happened to Uncle Thomas's hand again, Daddy Peters? Pearson wanted to know. Oh, you don't remember the story? Well, when he was little, a big truck hit my daddy's car. And since the truck hit the side where Thomas was sitting, his hand was crushed by the metal. He doesn't remember the accident, since he was only two. But the doctors did everything they could to save his hand. They couldn't, but thankfully he only lost his hand and not his life. Anyway, I always saw how hard and happily Thomas always worked. He folded the papers just with the end of his wrist and against his other hand. He would put me to shame, because he was almost as fast as I was with two good hands at folding the papers. Of course, as I grew a bit older, I was able to outpace him at folding and banding the papers, but I never cared, because I love my brother, and I've never once heard him complain. He has a joyful heart, and it was such an example to me. I didn't want to do a paper out. I hated having to get up early every single day, and if we ever got a call from a customer with a complaint, it would make me angry. I didn't care if they had a wet paper. I wanted to go back to bed. My parents were gracious though, because there were lots of mornings that they would drive us on the paper route, and if we ever had a complaint, Grandma would usually take the replacement paper out to the customer for us. But you know what? The Lord used that regular work in my life and the expectations that my folks had of us to help develop a work ethic in me that I never departed from. God gave us work to actually enjoy, believe it or not. Ecclesiastes 2:24 says, "There is nothing better for a man." than that he should eat and drink and enjoy his toil. This is from God's hand. Enjoy work, Daddy Peters? How? Penelope could not believe her ears. She, Pearson and Daddy, had just begun to clean windows, and she could not imagine, even with her most vivid imagination, that she could enjoy washing windows. Well, believe it or not, Pen, it's true. You can enjoy it. It's hard to understand because we love pleasure. We love to be entertained. But there is a balance. We will actually enjoy it more when we have worked hard first. Working hard gives us a sense of accomplishment. At first, it feels like a heavy load. But when we get started on a project and we can see that we're making progress, the load lightens and we realize that it feels pretty good. It feels nice to finish things that need finishing. It gives order to our world. It gives us a sense of purpose and helps us to glorify God. Remember that God wants to receive glory in everything. So when we think of work as the worst thing ever, instead of a blessing from his hand to help us have a sense of earthly purpose, we will do much worse. We will be full of complaints and we will lose our focus. What's funny about it all? That as a child, I didn't recognize another thing that was essential. Every morning that I got up to do the paper route, and didn't really feel like it, I didn't even connect the dots. My parents were already out of bed, and breakfast was made for us. And when we got home, my dad was already off to work. My mom was doing chores, like mopping the floor or folding laundry. And both of them always started the day with Bible reading and prayer. So I really have no idea what time they got up. In my self focus, that is, that I was just looking at myself. I only knew that I didn't want to be up so early working so hard. But the Lord used Uncle Thomas to show me that a spirit of complaint is so ugly. Not only that, but a spirit of complaint is really hard to listen to. It's like nails on a chalkboard, like that makes that eek sound. And when you hear someone constantly whining and complaining and griping, well, all I can say is it's pretty unpleasant. But the Lord rewarded our efforts by helping me find joy in hard work and to bring him glory through it all. Both Pearson and Penelope stopped and looked at Daddy Peter's. They noticed that as he pulled the apricots from the tree, he was dripping with sweat and his shirt was saturated. They hadn't noticed before. But in all the chores that he had assigned to them, he had taken the hardest ones. He had pulled more weeds than they had pulled. He had harvested the vegetables at a faster pace. He cleaned all the high windows and had cleaned more windows than Pearson and Penelope combined. He had loaded all the donation items into the car and unloaded them at church. And before they took the cans to the recyclable center, they had to be crushed. Pearson and Penelope used a can crusher, but Daddy Pearson used his hands to crush them. But Daddy Peters crushed more with his hands than they did with their can crusher. And now there he was. Perched up high on the ladder, reaching for the highest apricots and enduring scratches from surrounding branches. And though he was sweating profusely, that didn't stop him. He didn't even seem to notice. It suddenly occurred to Pearson and Penelope, perhaps simultaneously, Daddy Peters had not complained once, and he had worked harder at them than everything. But like Uncle Thomas, Daddy Peters did everything with a joyful heart. They knew because he never once complained and because they could hear him whistling. And throughout the day, he could be heard whistling, take my life and let it be. And when he had crushed the cans with his hands, he started singing the second verse of that song. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. They figured Daddy Peters might be singing that verse because it reminded him that Uncle Thomas only had one hand, and he had two. Both of the children were chagrined, and they considered that their attitudes had been poor the entire day. When the final chore was behind them, and they were all standing in the kitchen drinking ice-cold lemonade that Mama had squeezed from their fresh lemons, Penelope spoke first. Daddy Peters? Mama Peters? I'm sorry. I got up this morning, and I was angry. I didn't want to have to get up out of my nice warm bed to work so hard. But you guys, well, you work hard for us all of the time. And I should have been willing to contribute. Would you please forgive me? Wait just a minute, Pen. Pearson jumped in before anyone could answer. I'm also sorry for my bad attitude. I didn't think I should have to work hard because it's summer. I didn't even think about how you and Daddy Peters never get a summer break. I need your forgiveness for complaining in my anger. Oh, children, praise the Lord for your repentance. I forgive you, Mama Peters said. I forgive you guys, too. I'm thankful that you have humbled yourself and apologized. Daddy Peters tugged both of his children. And I must admit, Daddy Peters, you were right. It feels pretty good to work hard, Penelope said as she sipped her lemonade. Although it feels even better. To be done with all of it, Pearson added. I hear that, Daddy Peters exclaimed. Praise the Lord for all the work we've accomplished today and for your attitudes of repentance. Now what do you say? Let's go and get a nice dinner from the money from the recyclables. Hello again from Grandma's Corner. If you're like me, sometimes you get lazy. You just don't feel like doing hard work. But when you set your mind to something and you finish a task, there is such a feeling of accomplishment. It feels good. As we've told you many, many times, most of all the stories are based on real life experiences. And this one's no different. Our kids had a paper route for years. As we've told you, we have 10 kids. So when some of the older kids got different jobs, They wouldn't do the paper route anymore and the younger kids would take over. At one point, they had two paper routes and there were lots of mornings that we would drive our kids on the route and they would jump in and out of the van and place the papers on the customer's porches. It always felt so good to finish. But what doesn't feel so good is not finishing. It is so easy to start something and not finish it. It's easy to start taking musical instruments like the piano and stop because you don't want to practice. I know people who start out strong and they loved playing the piano, but when it came time to practice, they didn't discipline themselves, so they quit. And when they grew to be adults, they regretted it and wish they could play. If you play sports, you know how vital it is to work hard at it and practice. It's not always fun to practice fielding over and over again. It's way more fun to play in the game But if you don't practice, the games won't be as much fun since you'll probably make all kinds of errors. We always told our kids, you play how you practice. In other words, if you practice half-heartedly and you don't give it your all, it will show on the field when you play. I'll end this by telling you a short story about what happened to me right before I started recording this story. My daughter, who is the writer of the Penelope Stories, and I decided to memorize Psalm 119. We began in January of 2018, and we have worked on about two verses a week. The psalm has a whopping 176 verses, and it's hard! And for me, it's even harder since I'm a grandmom, and my mind gets tired more easily. This morning, while I was practicing my verses, and I'm at verse 122, my daughter is about four verses ahead of me, I thought, this is so hard. Maybe I should just quit right here and be satisfied that I know 122 of the verses. Believe me, I've asked God to open my heart and to help me with memorizing the psalm, but it's a tough one to memorize. However, I don't want to be a quitter. And after hearing today's story, I sure don't want to quit now. So I'll ask God to help me some more and keep going. There's a great promise in Galatians 6:9 that says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So when you feel like you just don't want to keep practicing, or you don't want to finish a chore, think about that verse. Because it's a promise. If we don't give up, we will reap a harvest. Just like the Peters' apricot tree, when it yielded a harvest. Don't forget that this week. We are praying for all who listen to these podcasts. Join us next week for another adventure about the Peters' children. Bye for now.